Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumus Films LLC or just search Frumus, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Uh, oh! oh, my Lord. Oh, it's stabilizing. We're stabilizing. Okay. We're live. <laughs> I'm alive. You're alive. We're barely, alive. Barely. I don't know what's happening, but I'm alive, man. Oh. I'm trying to figure out why I'm like, I got the moon, the moonlight on my face right now. I don't know why. You do. Actually, you're coming in a little hot on your mic. I See? Think. Okay. That's what I was worried about. A little bit. Now, now I feel like you're a little too hot. How about now? Mic. How about now? Yeah, much better. Oh yeah, much better. Make How it a little louder. Little louder. Little louder. How about now? Yeah. Good. Little louder. Little, little louder. Little louder. It was dead. That's where no, it was before. No, 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 no. Turn it down. Turn it down. Just a little bit. How about now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm trying to figure out how to make my skin not look like it's on fire i don't know why this camera's doing this yeah, you, you kind of look like like moon face i know or something i don't normally look like that but let me ask you a question since we're t- since we're talking about army of the dead let mm-hmm. me ask you i about... look like army of the dead right now <laughs> no let me ask since we're talking about army of the dead yeah let me ask you about uh the aquabats uh super fun hour <laughs> ask you okay sure ask me about i haven't seen aquabat stuff in probably 12 years oh my god more. they have they have a cart my son is obsessed and they have a cartoon and there's a character and his name is moon cheese and he is delightful <laughs> and he talks like this <laughs> and he lives on the moon and it's just really great and that's all i wanted to say about that oh, welcome I, to the show bob hey hey thank you for having me this has been the most interesting start i've ever had on your show it's yeah, a lot of stuff would, going on, Jeff. I, you know, it's new well, and exciting. Oh, yeah. So let me show you around before we begin. Let me just sure. show you around. So this is okay. my new. This is my new setup. Okay. Um, I've officially thank you to my Patreons. Mm-hmm. I have officially um been able to upgrade, take things up to a next notch. Then that next notch. So we now have much more fancier accoutrement. Skulls. And, I noticed the skulls. Yeah, I, I decorated. Yeah. I added some skulls for decoration, mm-hmm. and I have my name. Now you can see my name and a moon face. If you look, there is a moon. All there is a moon thing is, is on top now, man. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I'm very. I'm. I'm so happy about it. It's. It's. Yeah. It makes me happy. Um. But yeah, uh, I love. I love talking to you, Bob. We we we're really good at talking about this stuff. We stuff are in general, and um, we. I, I could think of no person better. Uh, to talk about Zack Snyder than with you because we've had such a a, a deep a, a deep meditation on Zack Snyder to right. begin with. Also, know? it seems that I would say now I'm only basing this on uh, sporadically looking at my Facebook <laughs> timeline. I think 
it seems that most of our mutual friends pretty much loathe Zack Snyder. So you only really have me to talk about. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think everyone pretty much hates him. So I like Zack Snyder a lot. However, I, I find him very interesting. You know that. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. And and I will say, however, however, I was I feel like this movie really peels the just to dive right in. This movie really peels the veneer back on the inner machinations and workings of Zack Snyder in all of our previous conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, before before we get there, though, I'm going to just do a brief intro for those of you who are not familiar with Army of the Dead. It is premiered on Netflix and everybody's talking about it. However, Army of the Dead goes way back. I mean, way, way, way back. I'm talking... I remember hearing about Army of the Dead almost 15 years ago, I want to say. Right after right after Dawn of the Dead com- came out, the, the trades, there was trade scuttlebutt about a, another film. It was unknown as to whether it would be a continuation of Dawn of the Dead or it was a separate zombie project. Ving Rhames, who was in the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, was also attached to be in this version of Army of the Dead, and it involved... Uh, it involved a father traveling across the wasteland to get to his daughter uh, during the zombie apocalypse or whatever you want to call it. And a, a common trope that you see in a lot of uh, zombie literature, which I think is super, like, it, almost excruciatingly tiresome. However, at that time, it might have been a little bit more fresh and relevant. So, well, I think, I mean, you're going to, you mean, are you talking about those family issues popping up in zombie uh, lore? Is that what you're talking about? Um, Well, yeah, I mean, that too, that too. But I'm more referring to, I'm more referring to like, it seems that in apocalyptic literature and apocalyptic literature that has zombies, it always is about the trying to, even in, even in books I read, David Wellington wrote this phenomenal zombie series called Monster. It was Monster Island, Monster World, and Monster Planet. It was a trilogy, and it, it was a really interesting, well-done series. And um, that was all about, you know, getting to his daughter. And, you know, it was just like they – I saw – and The Rising by Brian Keene. For those of you familiar with Brian Keene, I know Mike Lombardo is. Um, you have a, a father trying to get to his child. It's always – it's such a common trope, and that was supposed to be what the original – army of the dead was going to be all about or something. And I kind of like, rolled my eyes you're ta- and you're talking bit. like Zack Snyder was talking about this all the way back in 2004. Like he's, yeah. that's what you're saying. I don't remember that. So, so that's what I'm asking. It's, it's not the studio is talking about it. It's specifically Snyder wanted to make army of the dead for that long is what you're saying. Uh, well, I, I think he had been trying. Yeah. He'd been, he'd trying, been trying to, to make to. it or something. And this is, uh, this isn't just a, a Zack Snyder, vehicle this is i i would almost call this zach snyder uh, a tourship because yeah. zach snyder wrote it directed produced it i don't shot know if he edited it but he shot it so this is zach snyder uh, this is zach snyder on top of zach snyder on top of zach snyder on top of yeah snyder. i was like uh for the longest time a little history with my my opinion on this movie before we ever saw it was, you know, uh, anyone can go back and watch our other episodes to see where I stand on all his other stuff. But I've been saying for so long, I was, I've been saying this since pretty much Man of Steel, like this Army of Dead is what he should be doing. Like, right. 
Like I've been saying that forever, even though everyone just throws a sucker punch back in your face when you say that, <laughs> you know, but in the end, I'm like, he is such an auteur. I don't want to see him fool with other people's ideas. Let yeah. him do his thing with his own ideas. If I like it or don't, it's whatever, but at least it's purely him. And he, that's where he works best. Right. In, Live in by most your aspects. sword or die by your sword. You're right. You like know? you don't he doesn't need to have all these properties. He's he he has such a strong voice, whether you love it or hate it. Let him just do original right. stuff. I, then, I agree with so that. So I've been excited about this for that reason. Wait a minute. I wanted to see full, unfiltered army, you know, army of army of the dead, Zack Snyder. I actually disagree with what you're saying because Watchmen. <laughs> right no, well i mean i wouldn't even argue that i i actually and like watchmen i i i like 300 and dawn of i dead. like watchmen dawn of the dead is a james gunn movie more than it is a zack snyder ooh, movie. Ah, ooh, it, hold it on. oh hold on letter opener letter opener <laughs> right to the, oh! Oh! are you seriously oh disagree God. with that really no, I, no 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 i'm not disagreeing okay. with it i'm okay. just saying that was that was harsh that was but, harsh. No, that's I not mean, true, man. I come on, Jeff. The reason Ooh. that movie is so it it's it, it's a good movie. It is. It's a good movie, and the reason it stands is because of, of James Gunn more than Zack Snyder. He well, had a blueprint he, to make a right. good movie, which he hasn't had since then. By the way, you just nailed it on the head right there. Mm-hmm. By the way, which is which is what my that's kind of part of my thesis. Mm-hmm. For this whole conversation that we're about yeah. to have, you just nailed it on the head. Yeah, this movie. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, Zack Snyder works best when he's not writing. I when think he's not the writer. He works best, dude. I can't even imagine percent. most people would disagree with that. Even maybe some of his hardened fans would probably agree. 300, Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen. And if yeah. you want to go into DC, I would even say Man of Steel. Like everything, all of those things are elevated because what happens is uh, uh, Zack Snyder has, and this is, and the only reason why I'm saying all this right now is because I've watched Army of the Dead now. Yeah. And again, and we're going to listen, uh, you know, again, we're going to be probably a little, uh, even I'm going to be harsh on Zack Snyder, and I'm probably the most forgiving. I'm going to be a little harsh here, but I also want to talk about the positives. I think there's positives and there's shortcomings. There's both. So we're not, uh, first of all, I want to say it's not, we're not here to shit on him or praise him. We're not here either. We're just, Right. Being, there's lots of both. <laughs> First of all, I want to say overall, Army of the Dead for me was an enjoyable, fun popcorn jaunt. Like yeah. something I can turn my brain off. It doesn't require any work. There's no work <laughs> on my end. And it's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. I sat there and I watched. And I'll tell you, you know what the testament to anything that's good? A testament to something being really good, Bob, and you tell mm-hmm. me if you disagree or not. I will. Is how many times can I re- – does it have rewatch value? Mm-hmm. Am I putting it on again? Because there are things that I love and that I praise and that I think are great, but I watch it once and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I could sit through that yeah, again. Yeah, you never like, want to like hang with it again, you know? Right, you never wanna, right. You never, you never, you never want to like chill with it again. Right. Yeah. And there are things – there are things that that Zack Snyder – I mean there are things that – that people who I have great esteem and praise and critical, like nothing but critical glory for who I'm like, okay, I watched it once. I don't know what it would be like to sit through this again. I'm not sure I want to, I'm not going to. However, 
I got to tell you, I have sat through more Zack Snyder films than most other films of filmmakers who I hold in critical esteem. And it's because there's something there that I like to re-experience over and over. And that is a testament to Zack Snyder's craft. I uh, To go along with what you said, and I don't, hope I'm not calling back to our older episodes too much here, but... Go ahead, go ahead. It would be dishonest for me to say I haven't re-watched his movies a lot because I don't know if it's in the same vein as what you're saying as like far as craft, but I'm... Like, I watched... I've seen Man of Steel more times than I can count, and it's honestly so I could figure it out. What he's saying, why he's saying go. it, why did they let this happen? It's an interest in like... How did this all come to fruition? Plus, on top of that, it's all so beautiful. <laughs> it's like it yeah. all looks so good. On yeah. top of it, I'm like, why? I don't know if I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'm hating it, but I'm kind of like, why? Um, if I could give my small review, just like you did, just the like overall Please. review of Army of the Dead. I just got finished watching it. A ha- I've seen it 1.5 times because wow. I only got to 0.5 because we had to do this. So. I think I liked it slightly less than you did, but I still liked it. Um, I was expecting, I think my expectations were higher, but there is, but I, I don't know outside. I don't know if I even would have watched it a second time right now, if it wasn't for the show, like I was doing it just so I'm refreshed for you. But like, I guess my, uh, my thoughts about it are, which we can get into is that, it's not as fun or it doesn't know how to have as much fun that I was hoping it would. And I guess the reason is, is I was thinking too much about Dawn of the Dead because Dawn of the Dead is a movie that knows how to have fun. James Gunn oh, yeah. knows how to have fun. Oh, yeah. It's not even arguable. We all know that. But Zack Snyder's idea of having fun is very peculiar and weird. It's yes. once again, interesting. A movie yes. that starts out with a blowjob causing the entire zombie apocalypse <laughs> is hilarious and it's like a, it's like a good idea that I, that like it's funny yeah. it's dark yeah. it's just so trivial it's but so then trivial it's like then you then you start to get into the movie and it's just the the tonal variance in this movie is very odd to me i don't really know weird. if i did, it's really weird right like there's yeah. some true heaviness in it and, and it's like but then the, the whole time i'm watching it the parts like dave batista's almost crying and i'm like didn't this start out with a blowjob? I thought that was the movie. Is the yeah. blowjob causing the zombie the opening apocalypse? Credits. I, I want to. T- <laughs> t- I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, right. I want to jump in here about the opening credits. Please do, because yeah. much like you know, one of the best things. And again, I don't think Dawn of the Dead remake is as perfect. We've talked about my. I don't think it's what, perfect. What I wasn't me. trying to say that. I no, no, I know you weren't. I think uh, it's a solid movie. It's a solid movie, and it's a movie that I've revisited many, many times over the years. And it's a film. Yeah that aggravates me to no end because of some of the character motivations much like that and that get retreaded here as well but the one thing the thing that that some of the best can filmmaking say, can go I, inter- ahead, go I want to interrupt you one second jeff because i know you sure, love it sure. you know what would have made dawn of the dead a fucking masterpiece in everyone's eyes what? What? if you replace ty burrell with campbell imagine, oh my god imagine that <laughs> slight change and then imagine it, watching that and he takes this chainsaw yeah. to all the zombies. 
I would like even in the theater. I was like, why isn't this guy Bruce Campbell? Why didn't they pay Bruce Campbell to be this guy? They wanted yeah, anyway. Bruce Campbell, and they were just like, we. You, we can't I don't know get if they Bruce did. Campbell and or, or oh. kind of looks like Bruce Campbell. He's yeah, playing he a dickhead. Yep. He's playing an arrogant dickhead. I was like, yep. this is written for Bruce Campbell. Tell me right? it's not. Anyway, right? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to say that. No, that's I okay. No, I, I love yeah. that actually. I love that, and you know, the, the best the, by far the, for me, the best part of. The Dawn of the Dead is the the opening credit sequence. Nothing has ever floored me in a movie theater besides maybe Mad Max Fury Road, like the opening credits to Dawn of the Dead. Like having me at the edge of my seat with my jaw hanging open at the ferocious attack that leads into this credit sequence that shows the end of the world and the collapse of civilization. Right, right. Uh, And it feels so real. And then once again... As a nod to that, you know, Zack Snyder does the same thing. He goes, you know, he does this opening Elvis, uh, you know, uh, Las Vegas sequence. And it's, that it's now, Richard Cheese again. It's Richard Cheese. Yeah, it's Richard Cheese again. Instead of right. doing uh, Down with the Sickness, he's doing uh, Viva Las Vegas. And, you know, again, this is uh, and this is this is when Zack Snyder, to me, that opening sequence, that is Zack Snyder at his absolute best, at his finest moments. Yes, He's and I, I, number one, I agree with you, Jeff. Number two, I'd say for all of his critics that are right, is that he's at heart kind of a music video director, like right, like he kind yes. of. Is, oh my god, yes, that, that's what he. That's, that's what he started. is. Yeah, right, and that's yeah. all the problems that people see in his work maybe stem from that too. Like, right, like it kind of feels like whenever you get to one of those musical montages, like the whole movie was in service of just getting here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's but, all he wanted to do when he got to these musical weird ass pin drops. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, but what's interesting. What's interesting is there is not. But but what's great about it, you know, we're, we're, we're just calling it music video. And I feel like I feel story like we need to call it. it. Yeah, there's story in there it. There is too. story in it. I'm and not that's what elevates it. It, it yeah. elevates the music video so much more because more so with, more so with Army than with Dawn. Like oh, I yeah. would say this By this far. this one actually tells the other movie that we didn't watch before this movie started. Precise, and that's why yeah. I'm like, and they do this. He does the same thing in Watchmen masterfully. Like yeah. he's if like, there's, oh, there's all this backstory. There's all these backstory characters from the yeah. '40s. Let's put do a musical montage and show their history. And he does it. Even if you so hate well. Watchmen, you like I said, you have to agree that the opening credits. And then the creation of Doc Manhattan are two masterfully done sequences. Even if you hate the rest of everything, and those right. two sequences, so, the opening, it's just so yeah. well done. It's, and they tell the story. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I totally agree. And it's like that opening sequence. Like there, there are characters that are killed off that are we never meet. We never find out anything about. Everything we learn about them happens in this opening montage. It establishes a backstory without actually explaining anything, which is kind of funny because here's a guy who's literally cutting edge with like visual storytelling in this part of the movie Mm -hmm. and then resorts to like ham fisted, like spoon fed exposition later on in the story. And it's just like, it's infuriating because of how, talented he is with what he did in in the opening credits you know what i was gonna say to to mount on what you're saying is watching it a second time it's amazing how inefficient he is with his own talent 
Like, yeah, for example, I mean, for example, and we're, we're talking for anyone that's watching this. We're hoping you've already seen the movie, right? Like where this is all yeah, spoilers. spoilers, 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 like, so, fuck you. <laughs> right. What are you watching this for? Um, you know, like in the opening, in the opening Richard Cheese segment, they show Dave yeah. Batista. Basically, his partner is holding a little girl while zombies surround her. And the last segment of the wall is being dropped down on top of. Them. Oh, so that is great image. Everything's great. Pathos. There's pathos. pathos in it. Everything. So I'm watching for my second time. And then we get to the part where it goes to Dave Batista having the nightmare about when he had to kill his own wife. And right. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it's only a second draft of a script where you could have just easily incorporated his own pain and that moment into right. the wall dropping moment. And we don't need another exposition scene, nightmare thing of him. We've or already seen his pain. Or you could just do, it's do a callback. A callback. Like, like, like that you know, woman, like... the woman that died could have been his wife. It didn't there's no reason that wasn't his wife. You know what I mean? I was just like, why do we have to have a separate? There's set hundreds of... of moments like this in this movie. Not, not saying, this. It's, it's, I mean, just like, like screenplay things, it's a, you know, it's, it's just how inefficient is it that he doesn't go, well, wait a minute. What if his family just dies as he's leaving the city, instead of showing it later again, making this two and a half hours long for no reason. Right. And i got to tell you, here's, yeah. here's an example of really, really bad storytelling screenwriting and again we've just praised Zack Snyder for for his yeah. positive so I'm going to touch on something that I find frustrating as a Zack Snyder fan <laughs> fan F-A-N I'm a fan so yes. don't hate me for what I'm about to say like I just want to put that out there because I'm a filmmaker and, I, and you're a filmmaker and like again like we should be allowed to uh, address things in a critical way as long as it's constructive and Agreed. so what I'm looking at as from a filmmaking perspective is like it's a two and a half hour film and we get to the last half hour and I'm like, or the last 45 minutes I'm going, but there's so much that like, like it's there's so much. Yeah. Like, like yeah. there's only 45 minutes left and it's like, well, Jeff, it's a two and a half hour film. All this stuff has happened. I'm like, that to me is indicative of, of, of a screenplay of a story that was not refined. And that's what I mean. It was not refined. It was not like rewritten enough. Yes, no. I was going to say the exact feeling you're talking about, the way that you know Zack Snyder wrote this is, at no point, even when they get to the city, do I feel like the movie has started. I don't right. know why. There's something about that right. he has some weird problem with inciting incidents that it just doesn't feel like it started. I don't know. Like, I'm expecting something to happen, and it doesn't. And then you get to, like, two hours in, you're like... It, is this going to end soon? It doesn't feel right. like it's going to end, even though it's felt like it forever, you know? Yeah. And then he here's has... another thing too. Yeah. They are not like Zack Snyder. And this is what I mean by why, this is why I lo enjoyed the film so much or mm. enjoyed it as much as I should say I enjoyed it. It's not reinventing the wheel in mm. any way, shape or form. Yes. There's some new zombie mythology, which is interesting, but what's what, what it's doing is Zack Snyder is doing a time-honored tradition and there's nothing wrong with it this is not a sin he is taking well there's nothing better than taking a well-proven concept and just doing your own thing with it uh, a great example is uh, i don't know i can't think of one off the top of my head but basically this film is aliens meets miracle mile meets dawn of the dead meets you know what i mean like it's just hitting all these 
these oh meets meets like you know Ocean's Eleven bank heist meets you know what I'm saying like uh meets yeah. the Expendables. You, you can know, even argue like the opening almost has a sports movie feel, like getting the like the team back together type of thing. You know yes. what I mean? It, yes, and it's, it's a pastiche of a lot. Great, of stuff. yeah, great. And I'll tell you something too. I want to touch on this detail because we're going to forget about it. I'm going to be upset. Um, yeah, we're going to at, talk about that. Ballad of the Broken is asking, why were the zombies whose eyes glow blue? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I loved the little detail, and this was a little detail. And it just, again, this is an example of invocative of bad, of bad, not bad screenplay, a screenplay that needed to be refined and rewritten or written by somebody else. Zack Snyder sets up this amazing, amazing concept that I love that I have not seen in heist movies where they're like, okay, the three of us, we're going to get 15 million. Then they go to uh, Tig and they say, you're going to get 2 million. <laughs> right, and then right. they go to the, 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 the safe cracker and they say, you're going to get 250K. <laughs> yeah, and right. then they go to the next guy. How would you like to make uh, 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 20,000? But Jeff, you know? it, it, it's it's a weird execution thing, too. Because, like, that was funny to me. But also, it's like, I don't know. The movie doesn't seem like it knows that it's funny. Like, the way it's executed. No. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're so movie, right. Like, I was like, it, so it was right. happening. And I was like, does Zack Snyder know the convention of them offering everyone less and less is really funny? But it doesn't seem funny. like it does. It knows that it's funny. It's really I was odd. expecting it. I was expecting it to pay off. I was expecting right, right. that to be a source of contention where where they find somebody finds out, and then th- then you create. Because again, what's the best thing about it? Never. Con- there's. No, it's a setup with no payoff. It's a setup with no payoff. Literally, no pun intended. Because it's yeah. about paying off. Right. But um. But but the best thing, the best zombie films, and I would say even I would even put this this strike against Dawn of the Dead because that's the thing. The Dawn of the Dead, James Gunn's script, is not about people versus people, and that's the element. The the zombies are always supposed to be a catalyst uh, element, uh, a catalyst in the background for. Uh, um, uh, a story where it's this against this. And obviously, Return of the Living Dead breaks that trope. Men are always the worst. Right, men are always the the worst. Men are the true monster. To to the credit of this movie, this movie's challenging that thing with smart zombies. Like, it's challenging it with that, sort of. I mean, in in an I Am Legend type of way, I guess. But Listen, listen, they do that, as I just said, they did that in Return of the Living Dead. And Return of the Living Dead is a masterpiece. It's literally zombies versus humans. There's no, there's isn't that element, but you're setting us up for, you got your Paul Reiser from aliens character who has to bring back the fucking head right, for right. the company, you know, that, and, and Ballad brings up this, he brings up and the infinite loop theory with the skeletons by the vault machine in the character's clothes, which I also found to be a really cool detail that is just un- just never explained. It's not explained. Well, well, I think it was just a throwaway, like, oh, he sent yeah. another team in and they failed, so they're sending us in. It yeah, was just match the say, clothing. They, they matched the they clothing. Expendable. They were expendable, basically. Right. I don't think it had anything supernatural about it. I think, what was right. the, I forget his name, the character, I forget all the characters' names, but which is also bad, but the guy who hired them, he, he just didn't, he was doing oh, it. Tanaka. Just, Right. It's very odd that he couldn't just get a zombie head some other way. It's very odd. Like, you need to explain this stuff. How, why is it so hard? Watching the YouTube guy go and shoot zombies and sneak into Los Angeles and make videos, or it's not Los Angeles, sorry, in Las Vegas. Coyote. 
Just hire the coyote. Well, yeah, I'm saying the YouTube guy is doing it for fun, and this guy's doing all this elaborate ruse for one head. Right. I don't understand. Like, maybe there's an answer, but you got to give me something. It it, it was just there was so. Here's the problem. He literally spent. It's it's like he literally spent two hours setting up all these things. Mm And then closed every single thing that he spent two hours setting up, closed them up in very anticlimactic ways. A great example, Dieter, like we don't even see him die. Maybe uh, my favorite character in the movie, by the way, like Dieter's amazing. He's, well, he's you know, so he's great. He's supposed to get a prequel. He's going to have his own prequel. Well, that, that character, it. number one, that character and the actor are just amazing. I, he was the most fun yeah. in the movie. And I love the name of the vault, Gutter Dummer. <laughs> yeah, which, right. uh, it's great. It's just so cool. And um, uh, Ballad of the Broken also brings up there's a light UFO in the sky at the beginning. I saw that. And you also see that they have like this blue electricity. The baby zombie has a blue electricity inside of it. Um, Quite clearly, perhaps the the dead in this are actually like so it's like uh night of the well, creeps or whatever it's like well, yeah, alien yeah. The, com- i assume that because the beginning they can't the guys were obviously saying they came from area 51 right so right. he is so the original the og zombie is obviously somebody a man who was infected by whatever from space right so there and, are yeah these are alien parasites Right. That are spreading, uh, which again, I, I'm down with. That's I'm down fine. with yeah. all of that stuff. That was fine, and you know, and then pretty much like the whole film, it just it it sets up all these characters, and then very anticlimatically, just sort of just does away. The only person who gets oh, and then you know, the whole thing of like I gotta save my daughter who needs to save this woman from this refugee okay. camp. She dies. It. It's like what the fuck. The once again, the inefficiency of storytelling. Number one, the whole thing where his daughter worked at a volunteer camp outside of Las Vegas. I still, in my second viewing, don't completely understand what yeah. the hell that is. I don't yeah. understand why is there a guard there testing people's like temperature? What are they volunteering for? I don't even understand any of it. And it's all this exposition that you would need to give on top of what we already got the mounds of it. And I'm just like, right. couldn't his daughter just have had another reason that she wanted to accompany him on this? Does it need to be this complicated that she's at some yeah. sort of volunteer service and she's like best friends with a, a mother whose children are there too. And there's right. like this rapist abuser guy. It's just like, and then there's the woman that they get on the team. Who's also at the camp that wasn't with the original team. I was like, why is there so much going on here? <laughs> there was, there was a lot. There was Richie, a okay? lot you can't do on. this right. Okay. It's not, there was a lot going on, man. And, and it was just like, again, you know, like one of the standout moments is, you know, there's this very, it's very similar to Vasquez in aliens. There's like this, she's, yeah. I don't know. Uh, she's like a, a Latina, like, you know, warrior chick. And she just kicks all sorts of ass. One of my favorite parts of, the movie was her just fighting to get out of there. Right. Right. And it's like, and then you have the guy, the bodyguard who's supposed to make everything go, you know, uh, along with the heist. I knew that the, that the vault inside the vault, I would, here's the other thing too. I was expecting them to open the vault. And there was obviously going to be some sort of reversal. There's going to be not, it's going to be something that they're not expecting inside of the vault. By the way, the snipe, supposedly the Snyder cut for justice league, because this was shot in 2019, the Snyder cut, was in the vault. 
This is before he started working on the Snyder Cut. It was actually in the vault, which I thought was really cool. He he had it placed in there. That's I did notice that. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was expecting something more than money. I was expecting. No, it's just um, like it, it. just turned out to be. Oh wait, so there is money in there. But yeah. the plan was to get a zombie head and. Really, I, the whole time I was like, well, why didn't the guy that was working for him just go along with the plan? They were letting him take the zombie head anyway. Yeah, it I, just, it, you just could have been, you could have enacted the original plan and still got what you wanted. It was baffling, dude. I, it, I was just baffled. It's such a messy script. It's, it's I insane. was baffled. And that's the thing. And that it's really hard to ignore the messy script. However, to go back to what I was saying, before I even asked you to do this with me, I went back and rewatched the opening sequence again. So there's something to be said for Zack Snyder's talent, because here I am. I don't want to rewatch the whole movie, but that opening sequence <laughs> yeah. was so good. Like the, the opening with um, the, the credits, the, 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 just the thing. There's so much movie in that opening that I'm like this. And, in, and I'll be honest with you. That is the best, like, seeing the end of the world that I've ever seen in that little credit sequence, besides the Dawn of the Dead one. It's just, it's done super well. well. It's better than any Romero film it's, in terms uh, of seeing the world think, end. Honestly, you know? it made me think of the opening of Zombieland a little bit. But the opening of oh, Zombieland. Yeah, they do that too, yeah. The opening of Zombieland. Could... I, I love Zombieland. I do. But yeah, Zombieland. Yeah, yeah. But the opening of Zombieland doesn't have really story in it, it's just shots of zombies attacking people. Right, it's not actually telling a story. Whereas where this, like there's actual story. Like the, yeah, no, the, it's the a colonel. It's the a colonel's good short climbing film. up on the tank. Yeah, yeah, the it's climbing up on the tank. He's yeah, waving yeah. blue smoke to sign that that to bomb the place because it, it's lost. You know, there's just all the the. As it's you showing said, us all basically all of Dave Dave Batista's like um, uh, platoon mates. What happened to them? It's, right. right. It's basically everyone it's really around cool. him died or fought, and this is who lived and died, and this is what he's experienced. Oh, by the way, here's also what happened at his house. It was just like, <laughs> like you don't need that. It was just we, so it, it was unnecessary. And then you're like supposed to be yeah. like, wait. And then they have this whole conversation. This is what I mean by exposition. Here we have again Zack Snyder masterfully showing us why he is such a great filmmaker. And then and then on the flip side, going having this conversation where they're pumping the generator, and she's like, actually, Dad. I didn't want, that's not why I was mad at you. I was mad at you because you didn't call me afterwards. That's why. Now, here's the thing. I'm asking myself, like, what's the scene and, like, the exposition and the blah, 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 blah. And here's what I realized. And honestly, I feel kind of bad even, like, mocking it because I think, and here's my hot take, this relationship is at the core of its being. This is him writing about what happened with his daughter. And for those of you I, who are I, unaware, I, I knew you were going to say this, but yeah, yeah, but I know. I mean, I thought it too. Listen, yeah, his. For those of you who don't know, Zack Snyder's while in the middle of making Justice League, Zack Snyder's teenage daughter. Um, uh, I don't want to use the S word because we're on a stream. Uh, she, um, she took her own life. That's mm -hmm. the best way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, sorry. I was trying to think of the most appropriate way. I was going to use a much less appropriate way. That is the most appropriate way to yeah. talk about that topic. Uh, Zack Snyder's daughter tragically took her life, and he was pulled off of 
Justice League or there was some justice. I've, I'm here a bunch of different stories. Don't want to talk about that. My yeah, point that, is that's a whole different bag of chips, whole different yeah. topic. But yeah, he was he was he he left the Justice League project and he was I mean, what a again, I, we are self-explanatory. And, you know, and I, my heart goes out to him and his family, as I'm sure Bob agrees with me. Yeah. yeah but of course. what's interesting and as you know, again, filmmaking is therapy and I can't help but think that this relationship is between Dave Batista and this actress, who's, by the way, she's a great actress. She's yeah, yeah. A- absolutely stunning, a beautiful girl. And um, just a real, like, I want her to see her star in more stuff. I think she was really, she had a lot of charisma. She was really she great. Did. No, she um, had presence. Yeah, she had a lot of presence and mm. just really did a great job yeah. uh, and really can do action stuff. Um, her and Dave Batista have this whole, like, relationship that so doesn't matter to the story but is clearly there because it's Zack Snyder working through some sort of trauma that ends spoilers again with the daughter shooting the father in the head it's the daughter who has to kill the father and then that's also tied to and then you're asking why why do we see the scene of the mom uh him having to kill the mom and the daughter Quite clearly, I think this is some deeply Freudian um, trauma that that Zack Snyder inter like personal family trauma that he is trying to subversively embed in this film. And it ends with, you know, of course, it's like I would rather myself die than my child uh, die. And therefore, that's that's the message that he's sending at the end of this movie, at least that's how it's a, I it's picked weird, up on it. Now, you know, of course, I not I'm not to mock what have happened at all, but of if, course, not. Of, of course not, of course not. If that's the truth, if that was the intention, it it doesn't read well. It doesn't because, like, it just no, it, it most certainly it does not. I hope that I, we can't know if that was the intention, but right. if it was, that entire story arc does slog the movie down completely. Like, it needs like giving Batista. I think him working through his pain. And coming out the other side, maybe wanting to be alive or live his life again without being just a burger flipper would have been enough. You don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what, we, could, the, we didn't the, even the, need the daughter. He didn't have to have a daughter. No, he didn't need. He, he didn't even need to have a daughter. Everything he, we need. It's insane like to that. me that you didn't. When you're writing this script, you don't. You don't have that. The two people that died that he watched die when the fence came down. That's his. That could be his wife and daughter. And then you have a surrogate daughter on the team who he cares about. Yes. It's just yes. like, it all writes itself. It's pretty obvious. It that itself. way you keep things moving. The team matters more. One of the, yep. she's also a warrior. Cause in this case, the daughter's not one of the, you know, one of the mercenaries. She's just like, make the coyote, make the coyote, his like surrogate right. daughter or right. something. The, I love the idea of the coyote. And I love that there's this person that's going into Las Vegas because there's untold riches, and and you know, again, I don't, I'm okay with the idea of there being a refugee camp. I thought that was actually pretty interesting. It was I, like I just needed more information about what it was. I it, mean, they it, were it didn't make sense. They were they were like quarantined people that had nowhere to go because they were in Las Vegas. Who knows? Who knows? Some some reason that they had to be. Also, did you find it weird that like people were they were like suspecting people could turn into a zombie at any minute? It was like. Wait, no, it was a meditation, been... no, it was a meditation this... on COVID. It was COVID, dude. It it was, was but it didn't make any sense because I was like, wait, the only way to become a zombie by the rules that you've set down is to be bit. Right. These people are not bit. 
Why are right. we constantly taking their temperature when they're not in any danger of being bit? And why are they, you know what I mean? Like it didn't make so I, I don't, I'm not saying these are plot holes that ruin the movie for me, but why is it all here? Why am I watching it? Give me a reason why I'm sitting through the, this long scene of this I volunteer agree. camp. I don't understand why this is all important. It, like what now, are they doing? I, yeah. Now I will say that some of the coolest elements are some of these. And again, not net some of them are borrowed also from george romero one in particular that i i felt that uh george greetings hello and welcome the archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash c slash from us films llc or just search from us f-r-u-m-e-s-s and don't forget to like share and subscribe audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality sorry about that thank you for tuning in and listening jeff from us uh, oh! oh my lord oh, it's stabilizing we're stabilizing okay we're live <laughs> I'm alive. You're alive. We're barely, alive. Barely. I don't know what's happening, but I'm alive, man. Oh. I'm trying to figure out why I'm like, I got the moon, the moonlight on my face right now. I don't know why. You do. Actually, you're coming in a little hot on your mic. I See? Think. Okay. I, that's what I was worried about. A little bit. Now now I feel like you're a little too hot. How about now? Mike. How about now? Yeah, much better. Oh, yeah. Much better. Make How it a little now? louder. A little louder. A little louder. How about now? Yeah. Good. A little louder. Little, little louder. Little louder? It was then that's where no, it was before. No, 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 no. Turn it down. Turn it down. Just a little bit. How about now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm trying to figure out how to make my skin not look like it's on fire. I don't know why this camera's doing this. Yeah, you you kind of look like like Moonface. I know or something. I don't normally look like that, but let me ask you a question. Since we're t- since we're talking about Army of the Dead, let mm-hmm. me ask you. I about- look like Army of the Dead right now. <laughs> no, let me ask. Since we're talking about Army of the Dead, yeah. Let me ask you about uh, the Aquabats uh, Super Fun Hour. <laughs> ask you. Okay, sure. Ask me about. I haven't seen Aquabat stuff in probably twelve years. Oh my more. god, they have. They have a cart. My son is obsessed and they have a cartoon and there's a character and his name is Moon Cheese and he is delightful and he talks like this (laughs) and he lives on the moon and it's just really great. And that's all I wanted to say about that. Welcome to the show, Bob. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. This has been the most interesting start I've ever had on your show. It's yeah, a lot of stuff going on, Jeff. I, you know, it's new and exciting. Oh yeah, so let me show you around before we begin. Let me just sure. show you around. So this is okay. my new this is my new setup. Okay. Um, I've officially thank you to my Patreons. Mm-hmm. I have officially um been able to upgrade, take things up to a next notch, then that next notch. So we now have much more fancier accoutrement 
skulls. And, I noticed the skulls. Yeah, I, I decorated. Yeah. I added some skulls for decoration, mm -hmm. and I have my name. Now you can see my name and a moon face. If you look, there is a moon. All there is a moon thing is, is on lock now, man. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I'm very. I'm. I'm so happy about it. It's. It's. Yeah. It makes me happy. Um, but yeah, uh, I love. I love talking to you, Bob. We we we're really good at talking about this stuff. We stuff are. in general, and um, we. I, I could think of no person better. Uh, to talk about Zack Snyder than with you because we've had such a a, a deep a, a deep meditation on Zack Snyder to right. begin with. Also, know. it seems that I would say now I'm only basing this on uh, sporadically looking at my Facebook timeline. I think it seems that most of our mutual friends pretty much loathe Zack Snyder. <laughs> So you only really have me to talk about. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think everyone pretty much hates him. So I like Zack Snyder a lot. However, I, I find him very interesting. You know that. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. And and I will say, however, however, I was I feel like this movie really peels the just to dive right in. This movie really peels the veneer back on the inner machinations and workings of Zack Snyder in all of our previous conversations. Mm -hmm. um, before, before we get there though, I'm going to just do a brief intro for those of you who are not familiar with army of the dead. It is premiered on Netflix and everybody's talking about it. However, army of the dead goes way back. I mean, way, way, way back. I'm talking the, I remember hearing about Army of the Dead almost 15 years ago, I want to say. Right after right after Dawn of the Dead come, came out, the, the trades, there was trade scuttlebutt about a, another film. It was unknown as to whether it would be a continuation of Dawn of the Dead or it was a separate zombie project. Ving Rhames, who was in the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, was also attached to be in this version of Army of the Dead, and it involved... Uh, it involved a father traveling across a wasteland to get to his daughter uh, during the zombie apocalypse or whatever you want to call it. And a, a common trope that you see in a lot of uh, zombie literature, which I think is super, like, almost excruciatingly tiresome. However, at that time, it might have been a little bit more fresh and relevant. So, well, I think, I mean, you're going to, you mean, are you talking about those family issues popping up in zombie uh, lore? Is that what you're talking about? Um, well, yeah, I mean that too, that too, but I'm more referring to, I'm more referring to like, it seems that in apocalyptic literature and apocalyptic literature that has zombies, it always is about the trying to, even in, even in books I read, David Wellington wrote this phenomenal zombie series called Monster it was Monster Island, Monster World, and Monster Planet. It was a trilogy, and it, it was a really interesting, well-done series. And um, that was all about, you know, getting to his daughter. And, you know, it was just like they – I saw – and The Rising by Brian Keene. For those of you familiar with Brian Keene, I know Mike Lombardo is. Um, you have a, a father trying to get to his child. It's always – it's such a common trope, and that was supposed to be what the original – army of the dead was going to be all about or something and i kind of like rolled my eyes you're talking and little. you're talking like Zack snyder was talking about this all the way back in 2004 like he's yeah. that's what you're saying i don't remember that so, so that's what i'm asking it's it's not the studio is talking about it it's specifically snyder wanted to make army of the dead for that long is what you're saying 
well, I, I think he had been trying. Yeah, he'd been trying, trying to, to make it or something. And this is uh, this isn't just a, a Zack Snyder vehicle. This is I, I would almost call this Zack Snyder uh, a tour ship because yeah. Zack Snyder wrote it, directed, produced it. I don't shot know if he it. edited it, but he shot it. So this is Zack Snyder. Uh, this is Zack Snyder on top of Zack Snyder on top of Zack Snyder on top of. Yeah, Zack Snyder. I was like, uh, for the longest time, a little history with my my opinion on this movie before we ever saw it was, you know, uh, anyone can go back and watch our other episodes to see where I stand on all his other stuff. But I've been saying for so long, I was I've been saying this since pretty much Man of Steel. Like this Army of Dead is what he should be doing. Like right. Like, I've been saying that forever, even though everyone just throws a sucker punch back in your face when you say that, <laughs> you know. But in the end, I'm like, he is such an auteur. I don't want to see him fool with other people's ideas. Let yeah. him do his thing with his own ideas. If I like it or don't, it's whatever. But at least it's purely him. And he that's where he works best. Right. In, in, live in by your ad- sword or die by your sword you're right you know? like you don't he doesn't need to have all these properties he's he he has such a strong voice whether you love it or hate it let him just do original right. stuff i then, i agree with so that. i've been excited about this for that reason wait it's a minute i want to see full unfiltered army you know army army of the dead Zack snyder i actually disagree with what you're saying because watchmen <laughs> right I know, well i mean i wouldn't even argue that i i actually and like watchmen i i i like 300 and dawn of i dead. like watchmen dawn of the dead is a james gunn movie more than it is a zack snyder ooh, movie. Ah, ooh, it, hold it on. Wait. oh hold on letter opener letter opener <laughs> right to the, oh! Oh! are you seriously oh disagree God. with that really no, I, I, no 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 i'm not disagreeing okay. with it i'm just okay. saying i was that was harsh that was but, harsh. No, that's I not mean, true, man. I come on, Jeff. The reason Ooh. that movie is so it, it it it's a good movie. It is. It's a good movie, and the reason it stands is because of, of James Gunn more than Zack Snyder. He well, had a blueprint he, to make a right. good movie, which he hasn't had since then. By the way, you just nailed it on the head right there. Mm-hmm. By the way, which is which is what my that's kind of part of my thesis mm-hmm. for this whole conversation that we're about yeah. to have. You just nailed it on the head. Yeah, this movie. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, Zack Snyder works best when he's not writing. I when think he's not the writer. He works best, dude. I can't even imagine percent. most people would disagree with that. Even maybe some of his hardened fans would probably agree. 300, Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen. And if yeah. you want to go into DC, I would even say Man of Steel. Like everything, all of those things are elevated because what happens is uh, uh, Zack Snyder has, and this is, and the only reason why I'm saying all this right now is because I've watched Army of the Dead now. Yeah, and again, and we're gonna listen. Uh, you know, again, we're gonna be probably a little. Uh, even I'm gonna be harsh on Zack Snyder, and I'm probably the most forgiving. I'm gonna be a little harsh here, but I also want to talk about the positives. I think there's positives and there's shortcomings. There's both. So we're not. Uh, first of all, I want to say it's not. We're not here to shit on him or praise him. We're not here either. We're just. Right. Being, there's lots of both. <laughs> First of all, I want to say overall, Army of the Dead for me was an enjoyable, fun popcorn jaunt. Like yeah. something I can turn my brain off. It doesn't require any work. There's no work <laughs> on my end, and it's yeah. beautiful. 
It's beautiful. I sat there and I watched. And I'll tell you, you know what the testament to anything that's good, a testament to something being really good, Bob, and you tell mm-hmm. me if you disagree or not. I will. Is how many times can I, re- does it have rewatch value? Mm-hmm. Am I putting it on again? Because there are things that I love and that I praise that I think are great, but I watch it once and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I could sit through that yeah, again. Yeah, you never like, want to like hang with it again, you know? Right, you never wanna, right. You never, you know, never want to like chill with it again. Right. Yeah. And there are things, there are things that, that Zack Snyder, I mean, there are things that, that people who I have great esteem and praise and critical, like nothing but critical glory for who I'm like, okay, I watched it once. I don't know what it will be like to sit through this again. I'm not sure I want to, I'm not going to. However, I got to tell you, I have sat through more Zack Snyder films than most other films of filmmakers who I hold in critical esteem. And it's because there's something there that I like to re-experience over and over. And that is a testament to Zack Snyder's craft. I uh to go along with what you said, and I don't hope I'm not calling back to our older episodes too much here, but go ahead, go ahead. It would be dishonest for me to say I haven't rewatched his movies a lot because I don't know if it's in the same vein as what you're saying as like far as craft, but I'm like I watched I've seen Man of Steel more times than I can count, and it's honestly so I could figure it out. What he's saying, why he's saying it, why did they let this happen? It's an interest in like how did this all come to fruition? Plus, on top of that, it's all so beautiful. <laughs> it's like it yeah. all looks so good. On yeah. top of it, I'm like, why? I don't know if I'm enjoying it. I don't know if I'm hating it, but I'm kind of like, why? Um, if I could give my small review, just like you did, just the ahead, overall please. review of Army of the Dead. I just got finished watching it. A ha- I've seen it 1.5 times because wow. I only got to 0.5 because we had to do this. So I think I liked it slightly less than you did, but I still liked it. Um, I was expecting, I think my expectations were higher, but there is, but I, I don't know outside. I don't know if I even would have watched it a second time right now, if it wasn't for the show, like I was doing it just so I'm refreshed for you. But like, I guess my, uh, my thoughts about it are, which we can get into is that, it's not as fun or it doesn't know how to have as much fun that I was hoping it would. And I guess the reason is, is I was thinking too much about Dawn of the Dead because Dawn of the Dead is a movie that knows how to have fun. James Gunn oh, yeah. knows how to have fun. Oh, yeah. It's not even arguable. We all know that. But Zack Snyder's idea of having fun is very peculiar and weird. It's yes. once again, interesting. A movie yeah. that starts out with a blowjob causing the entire zombie apocalypse <laughs> is hilarious. And it's like, a, it's like a good idea that I, that like, it's funny. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah, it's just so trivial. It's but so then, trivial. It's like, then you, then you start to get into the movie and it's just the, the tonal variance in this movie is very odd to me. I don't really know weird. if I did. It's really weird. Right. Like there's yeah. some true heaviness in it. And, and it's like, but then the, the whole time I'm watching it, the parts like Dave Batista's almost crying. And I'm like, didn't this start out with a blowjob? I thought that was the movie. Is the yeah. blowjob causing the zombie the apocalypse? Credits. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, right. I want to jump in here about the opening credits. Sequence Please do. Because yeah. much like you know, one of the best things. And again, I don't think Dawn of the Dead remake is as perfect. We've talked about my. I don't think it's what, perfect. What I wasn't me. trying to say that. I no, no, I know you weren't. I think uh, it's a solid movie. 
it's a solid movie. And it's a movie that I've revisited many, many times over the years. And it's a film that aggravates me to no end because of some of the character motivations, much like that and that get retreaded here as well. But the one thing, the thing that some of the best filmmaking. I I want to interrupt you one second, Jeff, because I know you love it. You know what would have made Dawn of the Dead a fucking masterpiece in everyone's eyes? If you replace Ty Burrell with Campbell. Imagine, oh my God! Imagine that <laughs> slight change, and then imagine it, watching that. And he takes the chainsaw. Yeah, all the time. I would like even in the theater. I was like, why isn't this guy Bruce Campbell? Why didn't they pay Bruce Campbell to be this guy? They wanted yeah, anyway. Bruce Campbell, and they were just like, we. Well, I don't know if they Bruce did. Campbell and or, or oh. kind of looks like Bruce Campbell. He's yeah, playing he a dickhead. Yep. He's playing an arrogant dickhead. I was like, yep. this is written for Bruce Campbell. Tell me right? it's not. Anyway, right? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to say that. No, that's okay. No, I, I love yeah. that, actually. I love that. And, you know, the, the best, the, by far, the, for me, the best part of The Dawn of the Dead is the, the opening credit sequence. Nothing has ever floored me in a movie theater besides maybe Mad Max Fury Road, like the opening yeah. credits to Dawn of the Dead. Right, like right. having yeah. me at the edge of my seat with my jaw hanging open at the ferocious attack that leads into this credit sequence that shows the end of the world and the collapse of civilization. Right. right. Uh, that, and it feels so real. And then once again, as a nod to that, you know, Zack Snyder does the same thing. He goes, you know, he does this opening Elvis, uh, you know, uh, Las Vegas sequence. And it's, that it's not, Richard Cheese again. It's Richard Cheese. Yeah, it's Richard Cheese again. Instead of right. doing uh, Down with the Sickness, he's doing uh, Viva Las Vegas. And, you know, again, this is uh, and this is this is when Zack Snyder to me that opening sequence that is Zack Snyder at his absolute best, at his finest moments. Yes, and I, I, number one, I agree with you, Jeff. Number two, I'd say for all of his critics that are right, is that he's at heart kind of a music video director, like right. Like he kind yes. of, is, oh my God. Yes. That, that's what he, that's, that's what he started. is. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. all the problems that people see in his work. So maybe stem from that too. Like, right. Like it kind of feels like whenever you get to one of those musical montages, like the whole movie was in service of just getting here. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's but- all he wanted to do when he got to these musical weird ass pin drops. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, but what's interesting. What's interesting is there is not, but, but what's great about it, you know, we're, we're, we're just calling it music video. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like we need to call it. it. Yeah. There's story in there it. There is too. story in it. I'm and not that's what elevates it. It, it yeah. elevates the music video so much more because more so, with, more so with army than with Dawn. Like, Oh, I yeah. would say this, By this, far. this one actually tells the other movie that we didn't watch before this movie started precise and that's why i'm like and they do this he does the same thing in watchmen masterfully like he's like oh there's all this backstory there's all these backstory characters from the 40s let's put do a musical montage and show their history and he does it even if you hate watchmen you like i said you have to agree that the opening credits and the creation of doc manhattan are two masterfully done sequences even if you hate the rest of everything and those right. two sequences, and so, the opening, it's just so yeah. well done. It's, and they tell the story. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I totally agree. And it's like that opening sequence, like there, there are characters that are killed off that are, we never meet. We never find out anything about everything we learn about them happens in this opening montage. It establishes 
a backstory without actually explaining anything, which is kind of funny because here's a guy who's literally cutting edge with like visual storytelling in this part of the movie Mm -hmm. and then resorts to like ham fisted, like spoon fed exposition later on in the story. And it's just like, it's infuriating because of how, talented he is with what he did in in the opening credits you know? it's what i was gonna say to to mount on what you're saying is watching it a second time it's amazing how inefficient he is with his own talent like yeah for example I mean, for of. example and then we're, we're talking for anyone that's watching this we're hoping you've already seen the movie right like where this is all yeah, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers 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 like so, fuck you if you're <laughs> right what are you watching this for um you know, like in the opening, in the opening Richard Cheese segment, they show Dave yeah. Batista. Basically, his partner is holding a little girl while zombies surround her, and the last segment of the wall is being dropped down on top of. Them. Oh, so that brilliant. is great image. Everything's great. Pathos. There's pathos. pathos in it. Everything. So I'm watching for my second time, and then we get to the part where it goes to Dave Batista having the nightmare about when he had to kill his own wife. And right. I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, it's only a second draft of a script where you could have just easily incorporated his own pain and that moment into right. the wall dropping moment. And we don't need another exposition scene, nightmare thing of him. We've or already seen his pain. Or you could just do, it's do a callback. Call right. Like, like, like that you know, woman, like... the woman that died could have been his wife. It didn't there's no reason that wasn't his wife. You know what I mean? I was just like, why do we have to have a separate? There's set hundreds of-, of moments like this in this movie. Not, I'm not saying, this. It's, it's, I mean, just like, like screenplay things, it's a, you know, it's, it's just how inefficient is it that he doesn't go, well, wait a minute. What if his family just dies as he's leaving the city instead of showing it later again, making this two and a half hours long for no reason. Right. And I got to tell you, here's, yeah. here's an example of really, really bad storytelling screenwriting. And again, we've just praised Zack Snyder for, <laughs> for his yeah. positive. So I'm going to touch on something that I find frustrating as a Zack Snyder fan, <laughs> fan, F-A-N. I'm a fan. So yes. don't hate me for what I'm about to say. Like, I just want to put that out there because I'm a filmmaker and, I, and you're a filmmaker. And like, again, like we should be allowed to uh, address things in a critical way as long as it's constructive. And Agreed. so what I'm looking at as from a filmmaking perspective is like, it's a two and a half hour film and we get to the last half hour and I'm like, or the last 45 minutes I'm going, but there's so much that like, like it's there's resolved. so much. Yeah. Like, like yeah. there's only 45 minutes left and it's like, well, Jeff, it's a two and a half hour film. All this stuff has happened. I'm like, that to me is indicative of, of, of a screenplay of a story that was not refined. And that's what I mean. It was not refined. It was not like rewritten enough. Yeah, I was going to say the exact feeling you're talking about, the way that you know Zack Snyder wrote this is at no point, even when they get to the city, do I feel like the movie has started. I don't know why. There's something about that he has some weird problem with inciting incidents that it just doesn't feel like it started. I don't know. Like I'm expecting something to happen and it doesn't. And then you get to like two hours in, you're like, is this going to end soon? It doesn't feel right. like it's going to end, even though it's felt like it forever, you know? Yeah. And then he here's has- another thing too. Yeah. They are not like Zack Snyder. And this is what I mean by why, this is why I lo- enjoyed the film so much or mm-hmm. enjoyed it as much as I should say I enjoyed it. 
it's not reinventing the wheel in mm. any way, shape, or form. Yes, there's some new zombie mythology, which is interesting, but what's what what it's doing is Zack Snyder is doing a time-honored tradition, and there's nothing wrong with it. This is not a sin. He is taking well there's nothing better than taking a well-proven concept and just doing your own thing with it uh, a great example is uh, i don't know i can't think of one off the top of my head but basically this film is aliens meets miracle mile meets dawn of the dead meets you know what i mean like it's just hitting all these these oh meets meets like you know oceans 11 bank heist meets you know what i'm saying like uh meets yeah. the expendables you, you can know, even argue like the opening almost has a sports movie feel like getting the like the team back together type of thing you know yes. what i mean it, yes and it's, it's a pastiche of a lot great of stuff. yeah great and i'll tell you something too i want to touch on this detail because we're going to forget about it i'm going to be upset um yeah we're going to at, talk about that ballad of the broken is asking why were the zombies whose eyes glow blue we'll talk about that in a few minutes thank you for bringing that up thank you yeah. um I loved the little detail and this was a little detail. And it just, again, this is an example of invocative of bad, of bad, not bad screenplay, a screenplay that needed to be refined and rewritten or written by somebody else. Zack Snyder sets up this amazing, amazing concept that I love that I have not seen in heist movies where they're like, okay, the three of us, we're going to get 15 million. Then they go, to uh tig and they say you're gonna get two million <laughs> right, and then right. they go to the the, the the safe cracker and they say you're gonna get 250k <laughs> yeah, and then right. they go to the next guy how would you like to make uh f- uh, uh 20 000, but jeff you know it, it's it's a weird execution thing too because like that was funny to me but also it's like i don't know the movie doesn't seem like it knows that it's funny like the way it's executed. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're so movie, right. Like, I was like, so it, it was right. happening. And I was like, does Zack Snyder know the convention of them offering everyone less and less is really funny? But it Not doesn't seem funny. like it does. It knows that it's funny. <laughs> it's really I was odd. expecting it. I was expecting it to pay off. I was expecting right, right. that to be a source of contention where where they find somebody finds out and then th- then you create. Because again, what's the best thing about it? A never. Con- there's no, it's a setup with no payoff. It's a setup with no payoff, literally, no pun intended, because it's yeah. about paying off. Right. But um, but but the best thing, the best zombie films, and I would say even I would even put this this strike against Dawn of the Dead, because that's the thing. The Dawn of the Dead, James Gunn's script, is not about people versus people. And that's the element. The the zombies are always supposed to be a catalyst, uh element, uh, a catalyst in the background for uh, um, uh, a story where it's this against this. And obviously, Return of the Living Dead breaks man, that trope. Men but, are always the worst. Right. Men are always men are the, the worst. Men are the true monster. That's the irony. Right. But that's to, the irony. to the credit of this that. movie, the, this movie's challenging that thing with smart zombies. Like, it's challenging right. it with that, sort of. I mean, in, well, a, in yeah, an I am legend type of way, I guess. But Listen, listen yeah. they do that. As I just said, they did that in Return of the Living Dead. And Return of the Living yeah, Dead right. is a masterpiece. It's literally zombies versus humans. There's no, there isn't that element. But you're setting us up for, you got your Paul Reiser from Aliens character who has to bring back the fucking head right, for right. the company, you know, that. And, and Ballad brings up this. He brings up, and the infinite loop theory with the skeletons by the vault machine in the character's clothes, which I also found 
to be a really cool detail that is just un- just never explained. It's not expl- well, well, I think it was just a throwaway like, oh, he sent yeah. another team in and they failed, so they're sending us in. It yeah, was just match the say, clothing. They matched they, the they were expendable. They were expendable, basically. Right. I don't think it had anything supernatural about it. I think what was right. the I forget his name, the character I forget all the characters' names, but which is also bad. But the guy who hired them, he he just didn't care. He was doing oh, it. Tanaka. Just, right. Tanaka. It's very odd that he couldn't just get a zombie head some other way. I it's very odd. Like you need to Dude. explain this stuff. How why is it so hard? Was- Watching the YouTube guy go and shoot zombies and sneak into Los Angeles and make videos. Or it's not Los Angeles, sorry, in Just Las hire Vegas. The coyote. Just hire the coyote. Well, yeah, I'm Just saying go. the YouTube guy is doing it for fun, and right. this guy's doing all this elaborate ruse for one head. I, right. I don't understand. Like, maybe it there's an answer, but you got to give me something. It, it, it was just it, there were so. Here's the problem. He literally spent. It, it's it's like he literally spent two hours setting up all these things. Mm-hmm. And then closed every single thing that he spent two hours setting up, closed them up in very anticlimactic ways. A great example, Dieter, like we don't even see him die. Maybe uh, my favorite character gets, in the movie, by the way, like Dieter's amazing. He's, well, he's you know, so he's great. He's supposed to get a prequel. He's going to have his own prequel. Well, that, that character, it. number one, that character and the actor are just amazing. I, he was the most fun yeah. in the movie. And I love the name of the vault, Gutter Dummer. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, great. It's just so cool. And um, uh, Ballad of the Broken also brings up there's a light UFO in the sky at the beginning. I saw that. And you also see that they have like this blue electricity. The baby zombie has a blue electricity inside of it. Um, Quite clearly, perhaps the the dead in this are actually like so it's like uh night of the well, creeps or whatever it's well, like yeah yeah they, com- i assume that because the beginning they can't the guys were obviously saying they came from area 51 right so right. he is so the original the og zombie is obviously somebody a man who was infected by whatever from space right so there and, are yeah these are alien parasites Right. That are spreading, uh, which again, I, I'm down with. That's I'm down fine. with yeah. all of that stuff. That was fine, and you know, and then pretty much like the whole film, it just it it sets up all these characters, and then very anticlimatically, just sort of just does it. With, the only person who gets oh, and then you know, the whole thing of like I gotta save my daughter who needs to save this woman from this refugee okay. camp. She dies. It. It's like what the fuck. The once again the inefficiency of storytelling. Number one, the whole thing where his daughter worked at a volunteer camp outside of Las Vegas. I still, in my second viewing, don't completely understand what yeah. the hell that is. I don't yeah. understand why is there a guard there testing people's like temperature. What are they volunteering for? I don't even understand any of it. And it's all this exposition that you would need to give on top of what we already got the mounds of it. And I'm just like, right. couldn't his daughter just have had another reason that she wanted to accompany him on this? Does it need to be this complicated that she's at some yeah. sort of volunteer service and she's like best friends with a, a mother whose children are there too? And there's right. like this rapist abuser guy. It's just like, and then there's the woman that they get on the team who's also at the camp that wasn't with the original team. I was like, why is there so much going on here? <laughs> there was, there was a lot. There was Richie, a okay? lot you can't on. do this. Right. Okay. It's not, there was a lot going on, man. And, and it was just like, again, 
you know, like one of the standout moments is, you know, there's this very, it's very similar to Vasquez in Aliens. There's like this, she's, yeah. I don't know, uh, she's like a, a Latina, like, you know, warrior chick. And she just kicks all sorts of ass. One of my favorite parts of the movie was her just fighting to get out of there. Right, right. And it's like, and then you have the guy, the bodyguard who's supposed to make everything go, you know, uh, along with the heist. I knew that the, that the vault, inside the vault, I would, here's the other thing too. I was expecting them to open the vault and there was obviously going to be some sort of reversal. There's going to be not, it's going to be something that they're not expecting inside of the vault. By the way, the Snyder, supposedly the Snyder cut for Justice League, because this was shot in 2019, the Snyder cut was in the vault. This is before he started working on the Snyder Cut. It was actually in the vault, which I thought was really cool. He, he had it placed in there. That's, I did notice that. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Yeah. Um, but I was expecting something more than money. I was expecting. No, it's just um, like it, it just turned out to be. Oh, wait. So there is money in there. But yeah. the plan was to get a zombie head. And really, I, the whole time I was like, well, why didn't the guy that was working for him just go along with the plan? They were letting him take the zombie head anyway. Yeah, it I, just you just could have you could have enacted the original plan and still got what you wanted. It was baffling, dude. I, it, I was just baffled. It's such a messy script. It's it's. I insane. was baffled, and that's the thing. And that it's really hard to ignore the messy script. However, to go back to what I was saying before, I even asked you to do this with me. I went back and rewatched the opening sequence again. So there's something to be said for Zack Snyder's talent because here I am. I don't want to rewatch the whole movie, but that opening sequence <laughs> yeah. was so good. Like the, the opening with um, the, the credits, the, 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 just the thing. There's so much movie in that opening that I'm like this. And, in, and I'll be honest with you. That is the best, like seeing the end of the world that I've ever seen in that little credit sequence besides the Dawn of the Dead one. It's just, it's done super well. well. It's better than any Romero film. It's in terms uh, of seeing the world think- end. Honestly, you know? it made me think of the opening of Zombieland a little bit, but the opening of oh, yeah, Zombieland they do that too, yeah. The opening of Zombie, could... I, I love Zombieland, I do, but yeah, Zombieland, like Zombieland, yeah, yeah. But the opening of Zombieland doesn't have really story in it. It's just shots of zombies attacking people. Right. It's not actually telling a story. Whereas where this, like there's actual story, like the, yeah, no, the, it's the a colonel, it's the a good short climbing film. up on the tank. Yeah, yeah, the it's climbing up on the tank. He's yeah, waving yeah. blue smoke to sign that that to bomb the place because it, it's lost. You know, there's just all the the. As it's you showing said, us all basically all of Dave Dave Batista's like um, uh, platoon mates. What happened to them? It, right, right. It's basically everyone it's really around cool. him died or fought, and this is who lived and died, and this is what he's experienced. Oh, by the way, here's also what happened at his house. It was just like, <laughs> like you don't need that. It was just we, so it, it was unnecessary. And then you're like supposed to be yeah. like, wait. And then they have this whole conversation. This is what I mean by exposition. Here we have again. Zack Snyder masterfully showing us why he is such a great filmmaker. And then, and then on the flip side, going, having this conversation where they're pumping the generator. And she's like, actually, dad, I didn't want, that's not why I was mad at you. I was mad at you because you didn't call me afterwards. That's why. Now here's the thing. I'm asking myself like, what's the scene and like the exposition, the blah, 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 blah. And here's what I realized. And, Honestly, I feel kind of bad even like mocking it because I think, and here's my hot take, this relationship is at the core of its being. This is him writing about what happened with his daughter. 
for those I, of you I, who are I, unaware, I, I knew you were going to say this, but yeah. Yeah. But I know. I mean, I thought it too. Listen, yeah. his, for those of you who don't know, Zack Snyder's, while in the middle of making Justice League, Zack Snyder's teenage daughter, um, uh, I don't want to use the S word because we're on a stream. Uh, she, um, she took her own life. That's mm-hmm. the best way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, sorry. I was trying to think of the most appropriate way. I was going to use a much less appropriate way. That is the most appropriate way to yeah. talk about that topic. Uh, Zack Snyder's daughter tragically took her life and he was pulled off of Justice League or there was some justice. I've, I'm here a bunch of different stories. Don't want to talk about that. My yeah, point that, is that's a whole different bag of chips, whole different mm-hmm. topic. But yeah, he was he was he he left the Justice League project and he was I mean, what a again, I, we don't it's self-explanatory. And, you know, and I, my heart goes out to him and his family, as I'm sure Bob agrees with me. Yeah, yeah but of course. What's interesting. And as you know, again, filmmaking is therapy. And I can't help but think that this relationship is between Dave Batista and this actress, who's, by the way, she's a great actress. She's yeah, yeah. A- absolutely stunning, a beautiful girl. And um, just a real, like, I want her to see her star in more stuff. I think she was really, she had a lot of charisma. She was really she great. Did. No, she um, had presence. Yeah, she had a lot of presence and mm-hmm. just really did a great job yeah. uh, and really can do action stuff. Um, her and Dave Batista have this whole, like, relationship that so doesn't matter to the story but is clearly there because it's Zack Snyder working through some sort of trauma that ends spoilers again with the daughter shooting the father in the head it's the daughter who has to kill the father and then that's also tied to and then you're asking why why do we see the scene of the mom uh him having to kill the mom and the daughter Quite clearly, I think this is some deeply Freudian um, trauma that that Zack Snyder inter like personal family trauma that he is trying to subversively embed in this film, and it ends with you know, of course, it's like I would rather myself die than my child uh, die, and right. therefore that's that's the message that he's sending at the end of this movie at least that's how it's a, i it's picked a weird, up on it now you know of course i not i'm not to mock what happened at all but of course if, not. Of, of course not of course not. if that's the truth if that was the intention it, it doesn't read well it doesn't because like it just no it, it most certainly it does not i hope that I, we can't know if that was the intention but right. if it was that entire story arc does slog the movie down completely like it needs like uh, giving batista i think him working through his pain and coming out the other side, maybe wanting to be alive or live his life again without being just a burger flipper would have been enough. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, what, what, we, the, we the, didn't the, even the, need the daughter. He didn't have to have a daughter. No, he didn't need, he he didn't even need to have everything, a daughter. Everything he, we need. It's insane like to that. me that you didn't, when you're writing this script, you don't, you don't have that. The two people that died that he watched die when the fence came down, that's his, that could be his wife and daughter. And then you have a surrogate daughter on the team who he cares about. Yes. It's just yes. like, it all writes itself. It's pretty obvious. It that itself. way you keep things moving. The team matters more. One of the, yep. she's also a warrior. Cause in this case, the daughter's not one of the, you know, one of the mercenaries. She's just like make the coyote, make the coyote, his like surrogate right. daughter or right. something. The, I love the idea of the coyote. And I love that there's this person that's going into Las Vegas because 
there's untold riches and and you know again i know i'm okay with the idea of there being a refugee camp i thought that was actually pretty interesting it was I, like, I just needed more information about what it was i mean it, they it were it makes sense they were they were like quarantined people that had nowhere to go because they were in las vegas who knows who knows some some reason that they had to be also did you find it weird that like people were they were like suspecting people could turn into a zombie at any minute it was like Wait, no, has it anyone was been bitten? No, it was a meditation on COVID. It was COVID, dude. It it was, was but it didn't make any sense because I was like, wait, the only way to become a zombie by the rules that you've set down is to be bit. Right. These people are not bit. Why are right. we constantly taking their temperature when they're not in any danger of being bit? And why are they, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't make so I, I don't, I'm not saying these are plot holes that ruin the movie for me, but why is it all here? Why am I watching it? Give me a reason why I'm sitting through the, this long scene of this volunteer camp. I don't understand why this is all important. It, it, like, what now, are they doing? I, yeah. Now, I will say that some of the coolest elements are some of these. And again, not net, some of them are borrowed also from George Romero. One in particular that I, I felt that uh, George Big Daddy from uh, Land of the Dead who's like the main intelligent zombie in Land of the Dead, is right. definitely sort of like it, it, here in this. And it's interesting because Zack Snyder first started writing this right around 2005 when, you know, as a follow-up to Day, Dawn of the Dead, just as Land of the Dead was having this like, Dawn of the Dead, uh, no, Land of the Dead came out in, yeah, 2005. And, um, remember, or 2004, yeah. one of them, one of the two. I met, big, case, I met the guy who played Big Daddy. He was a nice guy. Anyway. I, yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I <laughs> sat next to him and ate dinner with him at no an awards. Yes, <laughs> at an awards ceremony for a film festival where I won best screenplay. And no he shit. Congr- All right, dude, this is crazy. This is not like a humble brag or anything. This is just sharing a, a really fun experience because you brought that up. On the left of me was Pazuzu from The Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> Elaine Dietz, yeah, who yeah, plays yeah. Pazuzu and yeah. Reagan. She was sitting, and then on the other side, I'm literally in between her and Big Daddy from <laughs> Land of the Dead. And I was and you kind won of an award. out. Yeah. yeah, and I won an award. I was nominated yeah. four times, and I won an award for the best feature film screenplay for Romeo's Distress. <laughs> it was a pretty cool evening. It was, And Big Daddy tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, congratulations, man. Go up there. Get your thing. I was like, yeah, thanks, thanks. And uh, I have his business Thanks, somewhere. Big Daddy. Did you actually say it? I should have. No, no, no. I should have said no, that. No. Yeah. But, but my point is, is that he, you know, this, this Zeus zombie is, he wears this metal helmet. And I'm like, why does he have the metal helmet on? And then, oh, to deflect bullets. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's cool. I also, That's a cool idea. I love the whole thing. The 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 they, there's a whole Raiders of a Lost Ark sequence where they're the 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 <laughs> the safe is comedically booby trapped, like it's an ancient ruined temple, you know, and like yeah, they yeah. use zombies to to you know uh, to, he goes to he goes all the, yeah to fuse everything. Really good, really sequence. fun, really it's, fun, great. Sequence. It's like that. I would put like if you took out the scenes and you place them all into two camps. There's yeah. the fun scenes. Yeah. And then there's the Zack Snyder heavy scenes, and they right. don't mix. They don't it's mix. Oil and water. And like that, the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. That to me is like, okay, this is the movie that started with a blowjob. Yes. That's the movie that started with a blowjob. It, it makes and the perfect Las Vegas sense. music right, right. video. You know, like <laughs> yeah, all right, that. Exactly. You know, and so yeah. it's just like, uh, and then, you know, I love one thing that I had never really seen in any zombie films, maybe The Walking Dead a little bit, is the idea that these zombies dry out in the sun. 
And they come back to life. It was a good idea. They come but, back to life with water and they set this up. And, and it's like, it doesn't come to fruition, right? Give us a busted water main that spills out and floods Dude, the no. area and causes them to come back to life. <laughs> it should have been. Okay. I mean, uh, look, who am I? I'm just a fucking nobody. Same. But if I was writing this movie, I would have had that line. And then when they're racing to the end at the helicopter, they see the all the mounds of the zombies and then they hear lightning and they all oh. look up. And even Zack Snyder could have done like a cool fucking like shot of like lightning, you know, it's like striking down around right. them and then rain starting to hit. And then they all realize what's about to happen. Why isn't that moment in this movie? You set like, it up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine the, imagine the zombies start to come back to life. It's like thriller. You get your music video. <laughs> like, yeah. come and on, it's literally the, you could really have, you know, again, in a film where they tongue in cheekly put zombie by the cranberries, right. you literally, you right. literally could have thriller. Imagine we just did. We just write the best sequence ever. No, I'm saying, Jeff. Imagine if Zombie by the Cranberries started playing during the rain sequence. Then that would make the silliness of the rain sequence and the and the uh, the almost too on the point reference to the song all kind of gel no, no, into one big one fun moment. I'm taking it one step. Go further. ahead, take it further. Go ahead. I'm, I'm with you. Further. How about this? How about this? Um, by the way, really quickly, Ballad of the Broken. Yes, uh, you could be you right. Think that it was might be. Might you be. Think Zack Snyder is an Idle Hands fan. Might be. It, it's very possible. And what's up, J- uh, Javis Bickle? Good to see you, buddy. Hello. Um, but okay, all right, ready? We're gonna pitch this. We just wrote a really good scene for <laughs> Army of the Dead, where they go out. They see that there Ew. are all these dried. Yeah, there are all these dried zombies. And they literally, and all you need to do, because this is the type of universe that we're in, where they just go, thank God it doesn't rain. Or thank God it hasn't rained in a long time. And all of a sudden- even call back young Frankenstein. Could be worse. It could be raining. Yeah, it could be worse. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> thunderclouds. Right, right. Rain starts coming down. And just as that happens, just as that happens, mother friggin' thriller starts bumping. <laughs> Needle drop thriller. No, straight up. I'm not, I'm not playing around. And you know, you, you have so many people in the party, obviously fodder for, for deaths. Like for instance, I did like the idea that, that the coyote shoots the guy in the leg as kind of like a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really great. That was a but great how about, But how about she shoots him in the leg to slow him, to slow him down for the the thriller zombies, so they can get out of the first you know sequence of danger. Like boom, you know. You know what, okay, so this is reminding me of a lot of stuff. Your idea here, Jeff, because I don't know if you've ever heard. Uh, hello, Chris. I don't know if you've ever heard um, like Edgar Wright talk about uh, Shaun of the Dead and how like he knew it was time to make a zombie movie, but because he knew that when Return of the Living Dead Part Two came out. And when they had the thriller zombie get electrocuted, he said yeah. to himself, zombies need to go away for a while. <laughs> like he was <laughs> like, he, I remember it's probably on the DVD actually. It's on, like it's either on the commentary or whatever, but he actually said that was the reason he knew zombies needed to go away and come back like a decade later. <laughs> Do you know whose fault that is? That's Brian Peck's fault. Brian Peck. Uh, I like Return of the Living Dead too, so I can't. I I like yeah. Return of the Living Dead too, too, too as well. Yeah, as well, right. Brian yeah. Peck, who plays Scuzz in Return of the Living Dead 1, and he plays a ballistic technician in Return of the Living Dead Part 3, played a bunch of zombies throughout all of Return of the Living Dead Part 2, and he begged and pleaded to wear that jacket and do the thriller thing 
and much to the chagrin of a lot of people. A lot of people, <laughs> right? But but I think tonally it works with the movie. Like the movie is a meta movie. Yeah. Return yeah, of Living Dead Two is comedy. It's, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's up. very meta. And I'm saying I think what we're doing by rewriting it with something like the the thriller dance. Yeah. <laughs> so we're making it. We're wishing Army of the Dead had that tonal push to one side, right? I mean, yeah. also, also like it would no, also action, go with the extravagance and silly. Was... Wouldn't it go with the extravagance and silliness and garishness of Vegas too? Like, yes, that's kind of the thing that's missing from this movie is the Vegas. If you ask me, the opening had it, and then the rest of the movie is completely devoid of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vegas even where it says, there. watch out, Elvis, and then like, uh, <laughs> it's the, like the yeah. Eiffel Tower falls on Elvis, right? It says, watch out now, or something like but, that. But and, most of the scenes, they take place in basements and dilapidated hallways. Yeah, well, it's I mean, just, that also, I mean, that's like budget shit, you know, they have these Yeah, big, but uh, where, I I mean, come on, though. <laughs> Netflix would right. pay for this. Do a shoot, do, do a did. big scene. It was scene. like $90 million. Right. Do a big scene in the Wayne Newton Theater. Do something in a casino itself. Give me a giant action sequence like that. It just all was very bleak. Give us more Elvis zombies. Like, there should have been, <laughs> been, been, been a ratio. Of zombies, right. There should have been a ratio of, like, three Elvis zombies <laughs> yeah, for yeah, every yeah. regular zombie in the in in the movie i think we're just time. rewriting the movie now <laughs> yeah, but i mean that's what we do that's as and yeah, that's yeah. what i would do and again i was like i love the idea of the helicopter and the nuke and the helicopter doesn't work but it's like there's no there's literally the the helicopter working again is not earned in any way shape or form yeah they it's like and the other thing too is you have this great character uh played by tig i don't know the last name tig uh, nataro who the story of that is amazing too. Right, adding right, her right. in, post yeah, and they everything. digitally uh, added prop, her in. Props to Netflix and Zack Snyder for doing that. Yes, and Ballad says, "Yeah, that's the, true." The, the Tiger's so the much. Tiger's fun. a great idea. Yeah, Tiger, tiger is a great idea. Fun. There's good ideas here. Yes, yes, and that what, not always executed. Well. Not always executed. I mean, I kind of I'll accept the Tiger's arc was basically finally seeing him bite off somebody's head. Fine. I thought yeah, I got that, but but I mean, it was still felt like it felt so anticlimactic. Like yeah, there was no, it was just like he turns around. Oh, there's a tiger! It's going to eat him. And the thing is, I realized that a, a, a zombie tiger is not as fun in execution as it is in concept because, like, it could have just been a regular tiger because well, that's what but, a regular tiger would do to you. Let me let me ask you this: Like, do you feel that they paid off the diamond cutter? That uh, I forget, I forget everybody's name. The the you know the guy who lives at the end who has the diamond cutter in the opening credits. He's like chopping zombies with it. Um, was oh yeah, what about him? What about I, him? Well, I was not even him. I was expecting like someone to have something big happen with that, and it kind of once again just anticlimactic doesn't pay off you know oh, just that he survives and then it's just like oh he's bitten well, and he's was, on his like, way to mexico city you know when you watch movies because you've seen so many genre movies in your head you're right. always wheels are always working like okay i, I can see the Chekhov's gun here and here and here right right right, right, right like that dude to take on the tiger later in the movie with the like he goes he decides he's going to sacrifice himself for the team and he takes the tiger out with the yes. diamond cutter like splitting it while it's leaping at him or something crazy you know, like Sharknado style or something crazy sure, like that. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it happens. doesn't happen. None of that happens. It just, it, he just, it, it all goes away. It, it's, it feels, it feels but, quiet and sad. I, I, a part of me, a part of me was really had had my eyes rolling really hard because I'm going, oh come on, he gets, 
he 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 survives because he was in the safe. You know, it's the it's a lead fridge syndrome with uh, with Indiana Jones. He survives a nuclear blast because he's in a safe. Yeah, the radiation guess, stuff is a question. Well, here's the thing though: the <laughs> yeah. radiation stuff. And I'm going, well, wouldn't he? I mean, he's carrying this money through this radiation field. Wouldn't he be? And then I'm like, wait, he was bitten. He was bitten, and therefore, right, technically. Yeah, that I, I, so I kind of was like, okay, okay. Fine. The virus was keeping him alive because his fine. body no longer needed to be alive. Although, fine. yeah, it, that's uh, like on in screenwriting, you call that double mumbo jumbo. I don't really need to know how radiation towards zombie flesh actually works. <laughs> I can give right. it that, but when you have like a fifteen minute chunk of the movie where I'm like, why is this guy not deteriorating? What's happening? I don't. You know what I mean? I'm not cheering. I'm actually like scratching my head. It's execution. Apparently, it was a low-level nuke. I but the okay, but I would say to Ballad, the average viewer like us doesn't actually know the radiation levels that a, that a low-level well, nuke. They say it. They, they say it. They do say they it do though. Say they it? say it's like a yeah. No, he's the ballad is but right. They don't they say do what say it, it. Is, it's effect. They say it's a low-level nuke, but I'm saying they don't. The effect on a human body. At ground zero is not. I don't know what, true. what happens. That's like, can, true. Can a person actually walk that's walk a mile? Maybe they can. I don't know. No, I don't know what's. I don't know how that works. I, I, what, what was that show? Uh, By the way, ballad, was, ballad. You saw. I didn't know this. That Army of the Dead was playing in theaters. That's crazy. That's crazy you that you saw it in the theater. theater. That's awesome. Good for you. I wish I could have seen this in a theater. I think it would actually oh, play me, better. Me too. I agree. I yeah. wish I could have seen it in a theater, and I'm sorry that I did not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, and then, right. Yeah. Like he, well, so I was like, oh, cool. They're bringing this character back. Cause he survived in the same fine. I'm almost happier because I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. The, the helicopter crash kills Tig kills the girl, the, that they're rescuing Dave Batista gets shot in the head and it's just the girl like sullen that she's killed her father and that's the end of the movie and it's just like that sucks once again that's not the movie that's right. fun it's that's not, not a fun, fun that's fun not a movie. fun thing that guy living if he didn't get bit and having all the money that's kind of the ending i was hoping for and then once again it would have been cool you know and, i mean i could have been even cool but... what if it was the safe cracker who survived and not yeah not him the safe cracker survives and he was the guy who was getting paid the lowest amount of money, and he walks out of there with two hundred million dollars because he was able to crack open the safe. And that was another thing; they build up the safe as this impenetrable thing, and there is no stakes during the cracking of the safe. It is the it's just a montage. It's a montage. It's another montage. It's the easiest safe, and it's yeah. just like, dude, like you built. That's what I mean. He's building up all of these things, and then when they pay them off, or 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 nullify them or or uh, uh sorry uh they get the resolution they come to the resolution it's so anticlimactic that it's like it's disheartening now i did really enjoy again i did love the tropes i love miracle mile is is a friggin phenomenal film and i felt the miracle mileness of it which is like literally you're racing towards the clock because everything is going to be destroyed right right and you really i felt that energy in this film but i once again i'd argue that you're right okay you're writing the movie you can do anything you want yeah when you make it like when they're in the helicopter and they've got nine minutes left i was like 
for even for the audience, I was like, this is ridiculous. They're going to land the helicopter, go and save her from sentient zombies and get back in and escape. I was like, you couldn't just make that 20 minutes. I don't like, like at least I would believe it was feasible. You know what I mean? Can we talk about, hold on. Can we talk about, let's talk about the motivations of the smart zombies. Sure. Yeah. At the beginning, the coyote says, you think this is a quarantine or you think this is a, uh, that they're whatever they're barricaded, but this is really their kingdom. Like meaning they choose to live here. They formed a society right. down with all of that. Cool. Very cool stuff. The, Love the, that. The title has a dual meaning. Dave Batista's right. crew is the dead. army of the dead. They have their own army of the dead, right? They are the right. kingdom. They have their own army, right? What is the goal? What is the goal of making more? I guess it's kind of like, Oh, we just want to increase our numbers. I'm having a baby. I'm super stoked. Like there's just like, there's no, and then as Ballad was talking about, you see sometimes when they get shot in the head, the blue electricity, is it an omnipotence here where he's controlling the minds and when you disrupt the mind, it destroys the antenna and, you know, is it like that? Like what is... Also, why why isn't he making most of the smart... Why isn't he... Because they set it up where... If he bites you, you become a smart zombie. But if right. anyone below him bites you, just a regular old minion, right? right? How I'm come? Mind, which is that's cool. what I know. Not complaining about that. That's a cool idea. It's like a vampire side, like the master vampire siring right. versus totally, yeah, totally, totally fine. works. Totally down with that. But how come? There's no explanation for how come he is limiting his power. He's only biting very sparsely to make certain people smart zombies he's yeah and then there's a swimming pool where like there's like people yeah. remains like we don't understand like it just you know and the hibernation which comes which is kind of like the girl with all the gifts i'm like this is cool which by the way was a great example of doing something different with zombies and tying it into funguses which is in nature where you have these zombie funguses that infect yeah. ants and cause them to do strange things it's yeah. like it's like cool. Really love that idea, and it's like you could tell that some of those elements are being borrowed here. But for what? Oh, we just have a bunch of hibernating zombies. And- yeah, small touch too. I noticed on my second view is that in the opening montage, the main king zombie—he has a name. I forget what it is, but Zeus, Zeus, Zeus. Yeah. He has short hair. His hair right. grows. Yeah. That's, well, he can also. Hey, that's he new. Right? He's is he yeah. dead? Is he even dead? <laughs> you know what I mean. He might not be dead. The everybody right, else right. around him is dead. His queen, <laughs> right. his queen might be dead. But I mean, yeah, that's the weird thing is that they he kind of still grows. And I love. I mean, that was terrifying that's at the beginning that's great. too. Yeah, yeah. I just love the idea of this jarhead who is now being transported. I mean, that was that was cool as well. I mean, like, and another thing too. Most of the zombies, they felt like World War Z zombies. They didn't, they weren't missing body parts really. They all, they, they were like, they were like hyper ninja zombies, super aggressive. And I don't know, it just didn't, that's, you know, that's kind of why I loved Return of Living Dead so much is that they, first of all, they're, they're, it's dark, it's rainy. And the zombies are really, they're just people covered in mud. Like you don't really see yeah, yeah, that many zombie gross. appliances. They're just gross and d- rotten and, and waterlogged and, and whatnot. And the here, zombies, the zombies are truly gross from Eternal Living Dead at every level. 
even from yeah. the top of the man down to the zombie on the table. The yellow down, cadaver. Yeah, just, yeah everybody. Just everybody's disgusting. Yeah. Right. They all look and like they stink. They really <laughs> do. really bad. Here, you, know? you know, when they walk through the dried pile of, of dead, like you would imagine the, the stench. And they don't, like, nobody yeah. ever, and that's not uh, Zach's fault. Like, it happens in all zombie zombies. We don't need them to mention it, but, yeah. You don't need to, but, like, it's just kind of like you think they would wear a gas mask. It would definitely add a dimension as a viewer if they wore gas masks because of the odor and, you know, maybe remove their gas mask and it causes them to instantaneously throw up or something. I don't know. It just, just some sort of, and then another interesting element that's in the background that Zack Snyder, I thought did really well. It's a, it's an ode. This is an ode to George Romero. This is what George Romero would be doing today is like, you know, human rights watch on the living dead and like that they're people and that, you know, you would imagine like religious groups would be going in there, like citing, like maybe it's like the resurrection is happening. Like there's just so much there, there, I just thought of so many different but, things when I heard that stuff. I'm not disagreeing, but do you think that's, that those themes are really there? Like, I was trying to th- really think about this before. No, 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 they're not there. Like, they're not the, there. It's just a, it's a do, detail. Like, you know how, it's like, like obviously, detail. Dawn of the Dead is maybe one of the best film uh, criticisms of consumerism ever, right? Right. The original Dawn of the Dead. Um, right. And the remake, it, it may be less so, but it's still there. Um uh, it's very, it's oh very my God, slight. It's, it's very slight. Very slight, and it's the, it's you know we talked about this before. One of the criticisms of the Dawn of the Dead remake is that even though there are characters and there are sort of character arcs, the film is definitely driven more by plot than it is by character. Yes, in Dawn of the Dead. Agree. You know, and I I would almost argue Army had more character than Dawn of the Dead in some in some ways. It's not executed as well, but it's. It's fighting for it. Yeah, Sean Spicer's yes. second movie credit that, ever. Um, that was pretty crazy. I was like, is that really Sean Spicer? Uh, what I was going to say, though, uh, yeah, going back sorry. is... No, it's okay. Um, Theme-wise... Yes. It doesn't take the piss out of the vapidity of Vegas itself. <laughs> at all. Like, you know, in the way Dawn of the Dead takes the piss out of consumerism, out of malls, out of these monuments to consumerism that they were and are still to, you know, you know, everything. Vegas is ripe to be made fun of. And it, it, does, a little movie, bit. it does in one way. It, dude, it's just not enough though. Considering, not enough. The, yeah, considering enough. the premise and everything, it's just not enough. Well, go Here, ahead. Here's right, what, what, what's here, the one way you one, think? One way. And again, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to shoot this down. You're definitely going to shoot this down. But I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to aim to. All right, but I'm going to be – I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. It does okay. in the sense of all of these people are gambling their life for a huge payday, and they're risking it all. They're risking everything that they have for a payday, and for some, it's millions of dollars, and for some, it's it's like 20 grand. And that in that way, it is sort of – Taking the piss out of okay, Vegas. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not shooting it. Down. I'm not shooting it down. <laughs> Go ahead. Once again, I don't want to re- keep rewriting the movie. But if that were the thought that went into this, and that might be, if that were the thought, I would have had either a joke or a setup and payoff or something that would express that specifically. Like even if it just came down to when they're getting the team back together, Dave Batista says, "Take a gamble on me." 
even something yeah. that small. And at the end, you have somebody call that back. It's like, I guess I, I made a bad gamble. Or Tanaka. They're in the thing. They're, they're all meeting up and they're, he's telling, he's taking them through what they're going right. to have to do. And someone's like, what? That's the plan? That's right. crazy. And Tanaka just turns to the camera and goes, it's a gamble. <laughs> yeah, okay, he doesn't have to turn to the camera. <laughs> but, he gets, but he could say, like, what, you don't like it's to gamble? A, what if it's he gamble? What if Tanaka looked at them all in that garage and said, "What? It's Vegas. You don't want to gamble a little bit." Right, right, right. I you mean, just so, it's yeah. like so. This isn't yeah. high art. Have some fun. It's yeah, a genre that would movie. Have been a fun little thing. It's Again. a genre movie. Have some yes. fun, and that would be the theme almost. They're gambling their lives. Yes, I right. agree with you. Right. Like, I don't know if Zack Snyder or the movie knows that's what the theme is. <laughs> Once now, again. Now- the one thing I'm going to, again, mostly, you know, automatically when you, when you critique and discuss movies, mm-hmm. I would say aesthetics rarely come up, if ever. It's like yeah. we don't need to talk about how good the movie is shot unless there's some particular stylistic we do here. We do or here. aesthetic. Oh, we're oh, we are about to talk about it. Yes, we um, the you know usually like a, a film unless it takes a very unique, specific stylistic approach or is using a specific color palette. I'll give you a great example. Look at what Mad the way Mad Max again to bring up Mad Max Fury Road and it's how hard not to. it's a great movie because it's just such a phenomenal film and we can yeah. talk about that endlessly and the color palettes and just like you know just the way Did that you ever they, see the black and chrome. Cut. Oh my God. Not only have I seen the black and chrome, I had the fan edit before it came out where someone took out the dialogue stem left in the music and the effects. You just and that, you know what's right? amazing? I just, I watched it completely all the way through. And I'm going to tell you something. You can get exactly from the score. You know exactly what is going on at every single moment, except for when they decide to turn around and go back. That's the only it's time. A, it's a visual masterpiece. The themes are all there on no. the screen. It's hard. It's hard no. not to get right. Right. But but my right. point is, is that usually the, the, uh, aesthetics are a given, unless you're talking about like maybe indie micro stuff, and then you're going to say, "Hey, you know what? It's an indie micro film. They don't have a lot of money. Look at the content. Judge it by its content over by the way it's shot, unless it's the sound is atrocious and it's unlistenable and yada, yada, yada. There are certain standards with that. So all that aside, there are some times where people, where filmmakers make choices that just don't make sense for the the story that they're telling. And in this one, do you want to take it, Bob? Do you know what I'm going to say? Well, I... I mean, if I was just gonna first, I don't, I don't know exactly what you're gonna say, but I was gonna say okay. Zack Snyder, he is a good DP. He is. I'm not saying he's not, but yes. what, whatever, hundred percent. I am not. A, I have no room to to criticize cinematography. Same. Same. But I maybe would have made the depth of field a little less shallow, dude. Like, Jesus. There's a reason. There's there, a reason. There's times where it's so shallow, it's actually affecting the storytelling. Yes, Very much blurry so. as hell. Blurry as hell. Agree. But Ballard, it's actually Ballard like there's right. Th- there is some shots where I'm like, this should have a, sh- a less shallow, a, a, you know, deeper depth, so I could see what the hell the characters like looking at or feeling from behind. And it's like it, it's so it's so blurry. It's like Real the quick. front of their face is only in focus. Two things. One, I'm going to address what you're about to say. Two, I just want to say, Hugh. Diamond Dead was an un, was a George Romero George Romero project going back to the year 2000, where it basically what it is is it's a girl 
who's touring around with a band that's dead, and she has to kill 365 people, one per day, while she's touring. And it was a very interesting, unique, original script. It has nothing to do with Romero's dead universe. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, it's not canon Uh, or anything, right? It's not canon, but it was such. I hope it gets made someday. That's number one. Number two, to explain what why you just said that uh snyder for whatever reason decided and we're gonna have to land this airplane you guys because i have a hard out um that was supposed to be three minutes ago but i'm making room just because i want to we need to talk about this real quick okay okay um uh uh the the blurry uh the blurry the shallow depth of field the rack focusing first of all that's snyder behind the camera using that he shot in all natural light or as much natural light as possible very cool love always love that sort of stuff however he spent some years on ebay tracking down these antiquated antique glass lenses to fix to very specific red cameras. And that is why the film looks as Bob describes it. And for whatever reason, Zack Snyder decided that this was the, um, the artistic choice that he wanted to make for the visual look of the film. And I personally felt just again from a storytelling perspective from a aesthetic perspective it it really was it was jarring and distracting and frustrating where i was like i was spending energy trying to focus on what i was seeing more than taking in the dialogue even do you remember the shot when like tanaka puts the toy helicopter on top of the building and it like it's it's the focus is everywhere and it's like it's crazy not even in focus when you get to the toy helicopter but i wanted to say the one weird thing about what we're talking about right now is in the movie there is a billboard for a magician named larry fong who is all of his other movies and when i saw it i was like where is it why didn't this guy do this it would look so (laughs) much better dude it would just look so much better anyway yeah because he's he's a he's really talented he is mega talented yes absolutely uh, i mean well it is what it is you know i mean like look that was his choice and again i I would say look you know love it or hate it slam it or 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 love it or whatever you want to do yeah friggin this isn't a tour film and this is snyder in complete artistic control he's doing some things like like masterfully like what we talked about with that opening sequence and these certain bright-hearted moments and there are other there is a lot that's left to be desired and what's interesting is it's like you it you almost would think that he wrote this this was a first draft mm-hmm. that he yeah. dusted off the shelf and was like all right netflix is going to give me money to make this film great let's do it and it just really could have used he could have called up james gunn if he wasn't so busy with suicide squad or whatever he's or guardians or whatever be like hey james would you give would you do some uncredited rewrites on this just (laughs) like snap up the script so it's like you know in fact that that would be a major marketing selling point as i think i think this movie was also the reason batista wasn't in suicide squad Yes, that's true. And Hugh brings up a great point. Even George Lucas hired a better editor. What he did was George Lucas got his his wife came in and recut Star Wars. And Star Wars is the way that it is 
because of George Lucas's wife. Like, right, she, right. I don't know her name. I don't want to call her George Lucas's wife. She has a fucking name. I don't know that name. So I'm just I don't know her name George either. Lucas's but yeah, wife. don't call her George but, Lucas's wife. Yeah, credit to yeah. credit to the let's just say credit to the female editor on Star Wars, on Star Wars who did right. a who made Star Wars what it is. Like the success of Star Wars in part belongs to her and she doesn't get enough credit and there's Snyder no reason that army of the dead should be over two hours an oh editor should come no. in and it could have been this. exactly two hours two hours is like maximum for a genre movie like yeah. this yeah it was oh yeah oh Ballad. i didn't see, could I not agree didn't more. see dead don't die so you'll be very mad you will be very mad <laughs> okay. by dead don't die because it is it is not my again i love jim jarmusch and i love I love his early work, which is not really, I mean, nothing really happens in the films. Yeah. It's just, they're more, you know what they are? They're more like they're artistic paintings on film. <laughs> you know what they yeah, are? Yeah. They're like arty black and white photographs that move. And I really love them for that quality. Yeah. But The Dead Don't Die is like this pointless, it's, I don't know, it just is not, you know, when you have Iggy Pop as a zombie who who's talking about black coffee, which is a tie back to cigarettes and coffee. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. you just think like, you think that they're going to do more with it and they just they just didn't and you, you have what's her face is a scottish uh tilda um oh god what's her last name uh tilda is is playing this scottish like like swordstress who's also an alien oh no sorry i'm like don't want to spoil it but there's nothing to spoil i mean because literally nothing happens in this film. i probably won't watch it anytime <laughs> soon uh yeah i wasn't planning to so but um, listen, uh, Bob. I want to thank you again. I, I love having you on. Yeah, man. Thanks you are, for having you, me. You're so you're so good at this stuff. I will always find an excuse or reason to have Bob on to talk stuff. I, Bob, yeah. I think we got to do something with Batman Forever. I think <laughs> that it's unavoidable that <laughs> if this you is, want to, man, I will. I want to. I want to. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If I were to, if I, we'll, we'll talk about it off off air. But I really, what I want to, what I really want to assess. It's not just Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. I want to take a look, and I don't know if I can. I, I have it. I have it intact. Someone gave it to me many, many years ago. But the uh, the the red the the red edition of Batman Forever. It's a fan edit that reincorporates a, like the original vision of Joel Schumacher. It's the Schumacher cut. It's the Schumacher. It's like cut. the yeah, Schumacher yeah. cut. It's probably the closest thing we're ever going to get to the Schumacher cut. In any case, I would very much like to compare and contrast and discuss i have to get it out of my system i'm never gonna stop saying because i feel like we've only basically talked about Zack snyder and as much as that is great we can talk about it too we gotta get aaron on it too because aaron aaron was talking about how he loves (laughs) bob you're you're being requested to do a review Uh, of veronica alan i have seen (laughs) veronica and let me say this uh there were moments that made me laugh very hard and entertained me, but the whole thing did not entertain me. I mean, Veronica is literally this. This is literally Veronica. This is Glenn's like, okay, yeah. uh, ex- interior, uh, girl, uh, it's girl has giant uh, eyeballs in her boobs. Yeah, yeah Ver- that's cool. Veronica, that's cool. Veronica looks like a '90s porno shoot. Yes, made real uh, into a horror film. It's it's kind of amazing, but also like. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, and their giant albino Spider-Man. How about his new <laughs> but, movie? His Western that's coming up. I can't God. friggin' wait! Oh, that, Bob, 
Bob, you're you okay. Have, yeah, I'll come on for that. Special guest, special <laughs> guest for because we were talking Death about the music, all rules are off. There's it doesn't matter, really. Well, you yeah. know, you know that that's my niche is yeah, yeah. Danzig, my, my like, unabashed love for a very some, imperfect man. We're, we're like sitting here expecting more from Zack Snyder because we kind of believe that there can be more right. Danzig. Man, it's just throwing spaghetti at the wall. It doesn't matter. You know, just whatever. It's going to be great. But I will say this about Veronica. I've said this in the past. As yeah. a matter of fact, shout out to Kevin Von Spur, Kevin 45. He said it best. He said, Veronica is Glenn Danzig, who has had some experience directing his music videos. Yeah. It's literally like, he's like, all right, I'm going to do a film. Okay. <laughs> this is what happens. But it's like, it's a gl- it's a Glenn Danzig music video without any music. That's literally what it is. It is, yeah. And it's, you it's know a what? music like, video without music. That's I remember watching Veronica the first time, and the first like five minutes, I was like, "Wait, is it? This might be actually kind of fun." And then it, yeah, of course, it's not, not very fun. No. But that first five minutes was actually kind of interesting for a second. Oh, there's like a three D. <laughs> there's like a three D CGI spider that crawls out of a vase. <laughs> Like it's just right, right. And, and you know, it's, and it's you know like a shitty asylum movie made by dancing. It literally is, but yeah. you know what's fun? What's interesting? What's fascinating about Veronica is, and I really have to wrap this up. But yeah, go for What's it. fascinating I... about Veronica is the fact that you can you can almost even see because Glenn Danzig has a language for cinema. He can talk. He can talk about film with you. Like he can definitely. He knows his stuff. He's not. He's not like illiterate. And what he's doing is he's taking all of the things that he really loves and all and trying to to monkey or ape the aesthetics of them and not being able to execute. And that right. is literally what Veronica is. And you know, it's like it's easy to to to, to stomp on it and and kick it while it's down because you know, again, and it kind of deserves it. I would say. <laughs> I was going to say it's fine if you do. That. It does, but yeah. but but when you actually look at it from that perspective, you see it for what it really is. And what it really is, is a guy. And again, I say this all the time. It applies to me and Bob. It applies to you. What do we do? We have taste and we have ability. And we're always trying to close (laughs) the gap between our taste and our ability to, to maximize it. And, and, And you know who said that? And I thought it was brilliant. It was Tarantino. That's a Tarantino thing. And I'm like, Man, hey, I yeah. usually defend my stuff by saying the stuff I like isn't necessarily stuff I'm trying to make. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yes, Danzig does do this. There is this uh, as Rue Morgue, one of my uh, uh, one of my avid listeners, like Battle of the Broken. He says uh, the Danzig moment of, "Hey, you know what? Like, like that's what Danzig does. He like <laughs> yeah, right. he like thinks out loud to himself. Hey, you know what? Let's do you think more blood real quick? Do you think Danzig was hoping for kind of a Rob Zombie? Absolutely. Yes. He he for 30 years he has wanted to be Rob Zombie before Rob Zombie. And then he saw Rob Zombie do do it himself. And so he's like, all right, I'm gonna write a screenplay. It's called Gay Rouge. And he did it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Yeah, it's like a, got a lot of violence. It's like he said, it's a 12-year-old boy. You know, it's like a 12-year-old boy and a 65-year-old man. Like that's how people like really hate on Danzig. They just don't understand. Danzig the way his fan base we understand Danzig he's just a grumpy old curmudgeon that's into <laughs> shit that like 12 year old boys are into and you can't take him seriously hey I think just Aquatine love defined him perfectly I watched that yeah. Aquatine episode it defines Danzig perfectly perfectly, perfectly. perfectly. so yeah. so that is 
that is what it is. Imagine if he did a movie as dark as how Sam Hain Unholy Passion feels. <laughs> Ballad of the Broken, excellent, very well said. Uh, guys, I want to again thank Bob Rose. Check out Bob's channel. Guys, Bob has... Uh, he has Thundergrunt. That's one channel. I don't have the link on me. I'll, I'll, I'll put that stuff. Yeah, later. it's it, uh, Thundergrunt.com is where you can find yeah. my podcast. And if you want my stuff, you can just look my name up. I'm right Bob under Rose. Bob. Bob Ross comes up a few times yes. and then Bob Rose comes up. And yeah. he does. I'll tell you, I have seen what Bob is capable of as like a filmmaker and like his oh. stuff. No, no, for real. I'm like, a silly like, guy. I'm a silly guy. Dude, he's super friggin' silly. And like it, you, you guys would really appreciate him. So Get, go check out his channels give him a subscribe and again Thank you, man. if you like this if you like this like screenwriting stuff he does a screenwriting podcast too yep. and they talk about the mechanics of screenwriting with our friend jimmy george and uh, who's the other and, guy? and jamie guy. nash who actually right. just wrote save the cat writes for tv he wrote there a save the cat book so there he's you kind go. of he's like official so there you yeah. go he, thank you for following me i appreciate it man Awesome. Guys, we have a fun way that we say goodbye here. By the way, check out all the things. Like, share, subscribe. This too. Make sure to subscribe. Check out the Patreon. Once again, we say peace and hair grease. Hair grease.